What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number two of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or just hit us up on Twitter at readyplaymovies. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show every new show directly to your vice as soon as it posts and if you like it please leave us a nice review this is january 19th 2021 and i'm your host Louis manchaka and i'm joined today as always by my co-host mr troy bracy troy here how's everybody doing haha <laughs> yeah troy man i got i got a bone to pick with you troy i gotta tell you What's right up? now man i was trying to like you know promote the the podcast on twitter man i don't even know what the hell your twitter is i looked it up what you got you got you got two Twitter profiles. You got at Bracy Troy fifty eight and at Bracy Troy twenty one. Both oh, of them. Really? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I do have. I think one of them is like an old Twitter. So yeah, I'm gonna have to add you on that. I thought I already had you. So you followed me on both of them. You followed me on both of them. I didn't know which one was. Uh, I didn't know oh. which one was the most act, act, uh, up-to-date one or whatever. And I'm like, you you put on the the thing. Uh, uh, I think you said last week you put Bracy Troy 21, but I have it on my sh- my notes as Bracy Troy 58. And I was like, <laughs> I just I just tagged both of them, and you didn't even retweet my my tweet. I was like, oh uh, yeah yeah man, I gotta I gotta get better at like getting on Twitter and checking. T- like Twitter is like the least of the social media that I get on. I always on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, snapchat everything else but i i gotta get better at twitter because i think that's the best uh promotional yeah it is i think that's what i think that's why we use it as a way to promote the podcast and stuff um and on our ready press play and already play movie brands are on there and everything uh but yeah no i just uh yeah let's do some quick housekeeping here so number one uh thank you guys all for listening to the first episode this is is really awesome uh i was actually uh quite a few listens here that i wanted to say i was a little i was I was sort of expecting more, which is it's just fine. It's a first episode, but we're going to get better. Obviously, it's going to grow. So it's just only the beginning. So for everyone that did listen, thank you very much. It, it meant a lot. Yes, thank uh, you. Thank you. So as also, just in case um, uh, you're wondering, this show is still a work in progress. We're still going to continue to improve the show and make more segments and be more creative with it. But for, for now, I just want to let you guys know the sound effects are still going to be trickling in. I got a couple of sound effects in, the, uh, in already in, but uh, I still have to make up more for some of the other segments. So uh, it's quite of a bit of um, a creative process trying to think of like what sound effect fits the, the, like the, the, the segments and stuff like that. Um, next up, the thing I wanted to, uh, the big talk, the big talking point here, and I should have probably led with this is, uh, for the listeners out there, uh, you guys have already, uh, presumably have already listened to the theme song that opened the podcast. I have yet to hear it. Uh, I'll be editing the podcast later tonight, uh, day of recording. So, uh, hopefully it's a banger. Uh, Troy's already listened to it. Troy, don't spoil it for me, but what do you think? I like it. You know, I like it. I think it was. You know, not to spoil anything, but I, I've told you before, it's like got a tenant like theme to it and it kind of builds. So it, it makes it seem like, you know, something is big about to happen. And, you know, anytime we do our show, it's big. So I think <laughs> big things popping. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so of course, I just wanted to, of course, promote that Joel Perez, aka Waz, he, uh, he has uh, created the Ready Press Play and Ready Play Movies uh, theme songs. So, I have a link in the show notes to his SoundCloud. Um, I picked out uh, his latest, one of his latest singles. It's called Old Year. It's a good song. I like I like to like jam out to that song. So 
definitely uh, give that song a listen and go support Waz over there on SoundCloud. And I'm pretty sure he's got mo- more links on there as well. I know he's on Spotify. I know he's on Bandcamp. So, yeah. And uh, the other thing, the last thing I wanted to to talk about here during the housekeeping portion is go check out Troy's channel. I got it. I'll also put it in the show notes. Troy yes. has a YouTube channel. Uh, he's got his show, Love the Movie Troy. Uh, yes, I, don't, I don't think we we didn't really talk about it last week, but. Um, I, uh, Troy, I believe you missed a deadline. I think you were supposed to have an episode or a new video up, uh, but you know it's fine. It's, it's, it's coming fine. up after the show, so oh, there you go. Drop, yeah. There you go. All right, so yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be the housekeeping, and hopefully uh, I can I can cross over and love the movie Troy. I know you've already had Joel already on uh, talking about the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, yeah, I've we're had... gonna do a lot of fun stuff coming up, crossing over between all of us, and yeah. You know, <laughs> Uh, we'll have Joel uh, soon enough. Uh, he's 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 a bit busy right now, but uh, I'll have him. He'll be on the show as on this show as well. But you can also just hear all about Joel's musical history on my YouTube channel, uh, where I did the podcast called Music with Manchaka. It's a bit defunct now, but it's still relevant, even if you want to know more about Joel. So, in the meantime, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our our next segment where we talk about what we're watching. So let's give some impressions here. Last week we were hyped about WandaVision and we were like, like basically foaming at the mouth, just like anticipating the show. So what do you think so far, Troy? Go for it. Man, yeah, you're right. I was foaming at the mouth for this show. <laughs> I, I'm not even lying. I, w- I was extremely excited for this show. And uh, it definitely, in my opinion, lived up to my excitement. You know, I, I absolutely love the show. I think mainly the reason why I like the show so much for the most part is because of how bold it is. It's like, you know, you got to be very bold and daring to take Avengers character and make it like a sitcom. I love Lucy type of show, you know, like that, that right there in itself. I just respect it. You know, I respect it. Instead of trying to do something generic or cliche, they went a whole different direction. But I think you're still down the line going to get those moments, those, you know, fanboy, fun, action, cool moments down the line. But they're just they're relying on story to get you there. They're not just trying to throw a bunch of cool stuff in your face like The Mandalorian. And I love that show, too. But they're not just trying to throw a bunch of cool stuff in your face. They're they're actually telling a story. And. In the meantime, with the first two episodes that drop, they funny. So I, yeah. I was laughing, and uh, yeah. So and you know, going forward, it's gonna. I think it's gonna only get better. So I personally loved it. I think it's a testament to like the creativity on display when it comes to like right. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When we're like yeah. 11, 11, 12 years in, we've got like over twenty plus films uh, already mm-hmm. done, and you can still somehow manage to take these characters and put them in a genre that's completely like uh, uncharted territory. And, yeah, I mean, uh, and that's a good point because I feel like because they've built such a rapport with the fans, they could do stuff like this. You know, they, they the fans trust them. So it's like they're not like so caught up in like, oh, no, we got to please the fans. We got to we got to do something that the, no, the fans already there. They trust you. And so I think that's part of the reason why they could do something so daring like this. Yeah, of course. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And uh, there's I've seen some criticism about that as well. Like, you know, is this the show? Uh, people say that the show isn't as good if it wasn't for the fact that they were it was in the MCU that it's I, I don't necessarily agree with that. That notion either. It's like, oh, you're only compelled to watch it because it's 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 uh, Wanda and Vision. But I think the show is actually pretty good because like there's so much um, there's so much like homages to like I Love Lucy and like Bewitched yeah. and um, yeah, I Bewitched. Dream of Genie. Yeah. 
and uh, like the like the honeymooners and stuff like that and all these other shows that are like classics and stuff i i really do appreciate and like and um you know i can i can note i notice those little like cinematic little non like nods and winks and stuff like that i even heard like that during the production they even used old-timey cameras and stuff to give it that authentic vintage feel and on top of that like uh like like big ups uh to um uh damn it uh Elizabeth Olsen, damn it! I, I, I had oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big ups to Elizabeth Olsen in the sense that like, uh, when she was acting her her lines and stuff, you know, back in the days, the character actors had to say and speak in a certain way and enunciate their letters and their, their words and stuff like that. Very, very uh, like meticulously. Like Russian, wasn't it Russian or something? They had to act like they were or something. Oh, I mean, Sokovia is a fake, as uh, a fake European country, but oh, no. But yeah. she was talking. I'm talking about in the sense that she was like uh, portraying this 1950s America Americana, like. Oh uh, yeah. Oh accent. yeah, yeah. You talking about in the show? Yeah. In the show, she was talking yeah. like, like very like Broadway, like very like just enunciating yeah. her words and stuff like that in the style of like I Love Lucy and stuff. So mm-hmm. I really do appreciate it, and I think that. Um, I'm kind of glad that they decided to put two episodes out at once because I'm not sure if I could have like been okay with wa- watching episode two next week or whatever because it, like one of my only criticism and it's not and it's not even it's more of like a a fake criticism in the sense that like, I feel like nothing happens uh, the show the story doesn't have doesn't really get rolling and stuff which I'm 100% anticipating that a story will get rolling I just think that they're sort of like taking their time with it and I think it's really cool that they don't need to rush and stuff like that because they have seven more episodes to go um, and you know the, the the you know the whole mystery box thing angle what is that that guy's name ah I'm already blanking on the director's name. The guy JJ JJ uh, Abrams mystery box kind of yeah kind of thing is gonna uh, like slowly unfurl, and uh, we've already got a lot of that, um, a lot of imagery and stuff. So I'm also glad that we were able to talk about the show without giving any spoilers. But yeah, it's it's definitely good. It's definitely um, it's definitely uh, how do I put this? Cla- um, it's 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 uh, I think it's good for it's. I think it stands on its own. It, it can do the homages, but without relying on them. So I think it stands uh, firmly on its own two right. feet there. Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up um, because, well, gr- brought up the performances because that's one of the things I was going to say, man. There's some phenomenal performances. Like, Catherine Hahn, like, she was so good. Like, like, she was so over the top on purpose. Like, she was, you know, like the next door neighbor. She played like the next door neighbor that came over there bugging them or whatever the case. And she was like so good to me. And, and same with Elizabeth Olsen. Like, you could tell they were bringing that old school sitcom kind of style to it you know and it was and it could it could come off a little weird at first until you understand what they're doing and and i also i understand i agree with you somewhat about it being kind of slow in terms of the story but i kind of like the the idea of them sticking to what they're they're making a sitcom and a lot of those like old school television shows like bewitch i love lucy and all those they didn't really have a big story there were one like episode kind of like one-off episodes but that being said they still sprinkled a bit of story if you you know you pay attention it's some stuff that goes on where you're like hold on this is setting up something you know down the line this is gonna mean something in both the first episode and the second episode so it's good yeah like you said it's good that they dropped two at the same time and uh yeah man i'm just excited to see where it goes going forward I wonder, I mean, they kind of feel like, it kind of feel like the pacing is better suited for like a 22 episode season, like from back in the day. Uh, yeah. 
But yeah, no. Um, I just wanted to say separate, separate, completely different uh, off-topic side note is that I I would uh, I I wouldn't when I was a child and I was watching like Bewitched and stuff and like on on like fucking Nick at Night and stuff. It was reruns, and then I would see like the beginning and it, like it's this, it's this animated sequence and stuff which they paid homage to. In yeah, they did that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would I I was like I think I remember being like upset as a child that the bet with that bewitched wasn't an animated cartoon series. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But speaking of animated stuff here, I just wanted to give my quick thoughts on uh, on a show I've been watching here. Uh, it's uh, people know uh, the, I'm pretty sure people know what Attack on Titan is. It's an anime um, slash manga. Uh, they're having their final season right now, and I wanted to talk about it simply because like they had. The the last two episodes that just aired, they are just bangers. Like, oh my God! They finally things are are, are moving. The plot is is exciting, and um, there's a lot of repercussions in like the like the world of the story going on with the the events that have transpired. And it's really got like my blood my my blood flowing just watching some of these exciting action sequences. I've been like uh, I, I've been I've been listening to a lot of like the theme songs and stuff, just like lately and stuff, and I'm really into it. So. I'm really uh, getting in my my inner Japanese weeb fanboy uh, out right now, but uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to that show. Uh, I tweeted about like my my experience during Crunchyroll. I was like, I actually corrected myself. I replied to myself in a, as a correction uh, for anyone who reads the tweets and stuff. But I was watching uh, Attack on Titan, and I kept on getting these ads uh, on Attack on Titan, and I'm like, I've never got ads on Crunchyroll before because I play I pay for <laughs> for Crunchyroll Premium or whatever. Yeah. And um, like, what the hell? Since I, I tweeted, since when does since when does Crunchyroll air ads and stuff like that? And then it turns out that like I wasn't even properly signed in, which is really crazy because I'm I never signed myself out. Um, it was like I was on my Xbox and stuff, and streaming it through my Xbox. Like, when did I sign out? But so when I tried to like play like the the latest episode, and the only the latest episode is behind the paywall. Oh, the the premium. So like when it goes to the when it gets old enough, then it becomes like available for free with ads. And um, I didn't know that that I, I wasn't properly signed in. So when I try to play it, it was like denying me. It's like what the hell? And so I had to sign in. And then it was like the actual experience of like watching the show. And I just wanted to say that I ended up watching like a Jimmy John's commercial like four times, and one of those times was like three times in a row. So like, uh, like the show goes on its commercial break, like, like normal. And during that commercial break, it was a Jimmy John's commercial and it repeated and looped itself. It looped on itself for like three whole fucking <laughs> oh, times. I went fucking insane. I was like livid and shit. And that's when I, t- I got on my phone and I started tweeting and I'm like, this is like fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, I, like that's oh, insanity. Man, that right sucks. There. You, you, someone will go crazy if you watch the same ad on repeat. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, that's all I got to say. Uh, I'll probably, I, won't, I don't know if I'll be talking about Attack on Titan here on this show. I don't, I, I don't know what kind of direction I want to be talking about as far as if, it, if I want to lean more heavily on movies or if I want to diversify between movies and TV shows. But at this point, it's entertainment and uh, yeah, there's more content to talk about. So I'll probably revisit this maybe whenever like the series finale happens. All right. So that being said, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the news. So there's a, this is quite a busy ass news week, actually. Uh, so for the first uh, for the first news story, I just want to talk about some delays that happened. So this comes from Variety. It says Mor- Morbius with uh, Jared Leto uh, was is delayed uh, to 
This is uh, Morbius with Jared Leto delays release date. That is a terrible title. All right. Uh, Sony has put... Uh, postponed the theatrical release of Morbius, the comic book thriller starring Jared Leto, as studio as studios continue to grapple with the pandemic's impact on the film industry. The movie, which has been delayed numerous times uh, amid the COVID-19 crisis, was most recently scheduled to debut on March 19th. It will now premiere in theaters on October 8th. Most movies that were once scheduled for early 2021 have already been pushed back due to the pandemic. However, these are several titles still on the calendar for the first few months of the year, including Camila Cabello's Cinderella, also from Sony, on February 5th, and Disney and 20th Century's The Kingsman on March 12th. Curiously, Sony did not mention plans for Cinderella in Monday's announcement, though it's unlikely the fantasy adaptation will keep its release date unless it's sent to a streaming service or lands on a premium video on demand early. Morbius was directed by Daniel Espinosa and was written by... Okay, this is mostly filler information. But yeah, no, the, the new story itself is that Morbius is actually coming out in October. So that kind of sucks. I mean, I know it was supposed to come out like last summer, I believe. So, and we've already had like a trailer uh, for that movie uh, released last year. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to make fans wait longer. So what are your, what's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, it's unfortunate. Like, uh, I'm definitely excited for Morbius, you know, the living vampire. He's a cool character. And Jared Leto is an elite actor. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. But I actually, you know, really, it's it's somewhat of a good thing. You know, these movies getting pushed back, I think, is a good idea. Because, listen, if these movies come out and they bomb, like, like you think about, like, Tenet, right? Tenet <laughs> would have been probably, like, the biggest movie of the year. Like, if you think about the money it made right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic and it came out, that, like, that movie made good money compared to what, you know, any other movie would have made. So... These, you know, studios pushing these movies back is a good idea because if they come out and they come in theaters and they bomb, it's going to make the it's definitely going to make people just not want to deal with the theater experience at all. And I and I think over time is things are going to get better once the vaccine comes out and, you know, things get better you know around hopefully by the end towards the end of this year you know everything could people could start flooding in the theaters and it could get you know this kind of situation with the theaters a little better right you know if you think about say by like august just say by maybe august or uh september or something like that it's things start getting better and all these movies start flooding out all around the same time that got pushed back and got pushed back you know, and a lot of people are going, you know, that's going to be good for the theaters. That's going to be good for movies. And it's going to be good for us movie fans that could see like uh, about like five or six movies within the same couple of months that we've been highly anticipated. So, yes, it's unfortunate right now because, you know, like we want to see these movies tomorrow. They already been pushed back. <laughs> well, yesterday, you know? actually. But yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So <laughs> but I think in the long run, it's a good idea and it's going to be good for the whole situation as a whole. Yeah, same. Uh, the same can be said about our next uh, story. I, I put it as a, an, a subsequent story here. Uh, no Time to Die, poised to de- depart Easter weekend for fall release. This comes from Deadline. Um, it, uh, in what should not be a shocker, uh, the, uh, we are hearing that MGM's uh, slash Eon's No Time to Die is bound to move from its Easter weekend release of April 2nd to sometime in the fall. As the world awaits for the this pandemic to come under control, several sources inform us this morning. Uh, note the UK is a key market 
market in No Time to Die's rollout that they're facing similar situations as the U.S. They don't know exactly when exhibition will be fully back up and running. So that's just like the first little paragraph on that article. Um, but yeah, basically the the rumor is is that No Time to Die is not going to come out in April, uh, that it will be pushed. Uh, it hasn't been officially announced as of yet, but I don't, uh, I don't uh, for a second... Um, I believe that it will come out in April. I think it would be a shock. I would be shocked that if it did come out in April, to tell you the truth. Um, so, yeah, um, those these movies, man, they're like billion-dollar uh, industries. They need to make that much money to um, to recoup their costs and stuff like that and pay these salaries and all these back-end points to all these directors and actors and stuff. So um, if you put it out, like, right now during the time when people – when movie theaters aren't even fully open or at capacity, you know, even – well, yeah, even the movie theaters that are open, they're only selling, like, half the tickets or whatever because they have to block out some, so many seats for social distancing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you're not going to be making that much of a return on investment. So the, yeah. the, tenant, the tenant experiment failed, and I think if it succeeded, then more, we would have seen more movies come out because uh, tenants um, – their strategy was to play the long game, you know. So instead of having a big opening weekend, uh, they wanted to make the money over multiple weekends because they knew you couldn't have so many people in a theater at once that they figured that, you know, we'll just play long. We'll, we'll like we'll we'll be in theaters for first run for a long time, but that didn't quite work out. So um, I don't think uh, any of these theaters are gonna or any of these movies are wanting to take that same gamble that Warner Brothers did. And that's also should be noted that my, both MGM and Sony, which are like the studios behind Morbius and No Time to Die, and neither of them have like a Disney Plus slash HBO Max kind of situation where they have their own streaming service to promote. So oh, thank gonna... God! Like I, ain't, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Like I understand them doing it for Wonder Woman, and it was like it was. I believe it came out on Christmas. Or yeah. whatever, and it, that was a cool little thing right there. But I do not want that for all these other big movies. I, you know, I'm not, I'm so happy that on a lot of these articles they're still stating that they are expected to drop in theaters. You know, because <laughs> I can't imagine seeing like No Time to Die at home or you know one of these big blockbusters at home. You know, so I know a lot of people. A lot of people are cool with watching movies at home, but I'm I'm an advocate of the theater experience. So. Hopefully, you know, things will still work out normally over time. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, like, I think with their, those are the studios that in Universal, they had, like, this crazy uh, backwards-ass deal with AMC and everything like that. So, like, those studios are going to stick to, the, like, the theatrical window. Um, so it's just, like, Warner Brothers and Disney specifically, they have, uh, they have uh, these at-home uh, streaming services to promote so they can, like, basically cross-pollinate that way and they can also, you know, put out their content. And also... Uh, with all these these delays and stuff, like uh, possibly maybe even in 2022, uh, depending on how 2021 uh, goes, uh, we're gonna have like these crazy stacked year, uh, year where like every month you're gonna the calendar is gonna be filled up. You're probably gonna be looking at six to ten releases per week. You know that kind of situation. Yeah. So for sure. Uh, next up here uh, on the uh, on our uh, on our news articles here we have coming from IGN. It says here that Deadpool 3 will be an R-rated MCU movie, which uh, says Kevin Feige. So the Merc's mouth remains intact, which is more than what uh, 20th Century Fox did <laughs> during, uh, uh, was it uh, Wolverine's Origins? Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Marvel Studio president Kevin Feige has said that the next Deadpool movie will be rated R. 
and be part of the MCU with Ryan Reynolds working on a script right now. Speaking to Collider during a WandaVision press event, Feige went uh, into a little bit more detail about the project. Quote, it will be our, uh, it'll, it will be rated R and we are working on a script right now. And Ryan uh, Reynolds is overseeing a script right now. It will not be filming this year. Ryan is a very busy, very successful actor. We've got a number of things we've uh, already announced that we now have to make, but it's exciting for it to, um, for it to have begun. Again, a very different type of uh, character in the MCU. And Ryan is a force of nature, which is just awesome to see him bring bring things bring that character to life. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised. I didn't realize that Ryan Reynolds was, was busy. I don't, does he have, I don't even know if he had like that many projects in the works. I know he, you know, finished that one film, that Grand Theft Auto looking video game movie that was delayed. Uh, but is he filming stuff? Like, uh. I don't know. You know, that's probably some PR thing. He said, you know what I mean? But you know, uh, he's basically just saying that it's coming, but don't expect it like right now. That's basically what he's saying. Okay, yeah, so um, I'm glad that it's going to be rated R because uh, you got to keep that intact. Um, so I'm pretty sure that they want to, like, make sure that it's kind of like, I don't know, I, I guess the, my, my, my question is, like, is it going to be, like, he's going to be rated R in his own movie, but then when he's in Avengers, like, 6 or whatever, then he's going to be, like, PG-13 or whatever. He's going to be, like, sort of, like, maybe they'll, like, have him talk to the camera or whatever and just basically well, acknowledge it that, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been, like, neutered here. Or whatever. Well, is know. that did they did they talk about that in the article? Like, is he gonna be in the Avengers movies, or is he gonna be in his own separate, you know, universe? Well, it says here that he's gonna be in the MCU, so he is his Deadpool three will exist in the continuity of the MCU. Now, mm. whether or not he is gonna like interact with Spider Man or whatever in like in an Avengers movie, completely unrelated thing. Um, but. I don't think you're going to I don't think you're going to go out of your way to set your movie in the MCU and not cross pollinate or whatever or maybe even have yeah. guest appearances from other actors, you know, uh, playing their roles and stuff like that. So, uh I can see a situation where you know how like in uh, Deadpool 2, uh, Dead, Deadpool 2 they had like uh Quicksilver and like uh Professor X and Beast all in that one room and he just kind of sort of shut the door on them really quickly. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm assuming something like that of like that kind of caliber cameo where you have like these characters and stuff. They're like they pop up on screen for like a quick second, but then you just sort of like close the door on them or whatever. So yeah. that's my yeah. that's my uh, guess. Yeah, I, I see that too, man. This is this is like some surprising news for me, man. I I I did not know what they were gonna do with Deadpool. Like I had no clue because Deadpool is so successful, but it's rated R, and I I'm sure they want to you know piggyback on that success but at the same time they're disney you they know what i mean so that was like one of them yeah. situations where i like i have no clue what they're gonna do and yeah. uh so but this is good news for sure yeah of course i think i i feel like it's one of those situations where if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing um i don't know if, if, if disney wants to uh like tinker too much or whatever or maybe basically take away from the character so um, I, I, you know, I, I almost kind of did believe your, your theory as well, as far as like keeping him in his own pocket universe where it's completely outside of any continuity. So you can still reap the money financially. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm very, I'm very happy for the news, but in, in addition to the news that did come out, Ryan Reynolds was, uh, taking to social media. So he put on, uh, on his Twitter, on his Twitter, uh, f full disclosure, I showed them Spider-Man one and two and told them it was Deadpool one and two. 
<laughs> See, I and like then, that. That's the humor that makes him perfect for Deadpool. Like that stuff right there is what makes him the perfect guy to be Deadpool, man. For real. And then and then he put on Instagram, first order of business, find the guy who killed Bambi's mom. Because <laughs> oh he's now on he's now part of the Disney Yeah, family. yeah he's with Disney now. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious, man. All right. So next up, the next article up on the, up for discussion here is HBO lost half of its viewers when Game of Thrones ended. This comes from JoeBlow.com. All right, here we go. A new report regarding HBO reveals that they're still likely missing the global success of Game of Thrones. According to the report coming to us via Variety, HBO lost more than half of its viewers in the key demographic when the series came to an end. Game of Thrones was responsible for propelling HBO to new ratings heights as it became one of the most watched networks in North America. When Game of Thrones ended, the network saw a 51% loss of its adult audiences ages 18 to 49 after the series finale aired. The series finale was watched by 12 million viewers, and the report suggests that a lot of the viewers bailed on HBO after the finale came and went. The same report also states that HBO lost 38% of its overall viewers when compared to 2019. The dwindling numbers for the network are likely why HBO has been promoting HBO Max more aggressively. The future seems to be in streaming, and they are becoming more and more aware of that as they haven't gathered, as they haven't generated a Game of Thrones type of hit since the show ended. Critically acclaimed efforts like Westworld and Watchmen do have solid fan bases, but their numbers are nowhere near the heights of Game of Thrones. HBO is hoping that the Game of Thrones spinoffs that they are they have on the way may get them back to their glory days. Their hope is that fans of Game of Thrones will have will take a similar interest in the spinoffs, but considering how fans reacted to the series finale, there may be a bit of bitterness in the air when it comes to supporting another Game of Thrones effort. The series finale immediately sparked a backlash from fans who called on HBO to hire a new set of showrunners and writers to go back and completely redo all of season eight. So millions of people have signed petitions uh, to get the network to make things right. So <laughs> this, is a, this is a funny read, by the way. I was sort of like holding my laughter while reading this article, but damn, like this is some crazy <laughs> shit. So like, oh my God, your network lost almost 40% of all viewership? Like shit. Yeah, oh my God. I, I can't believe like, yeah, like, like it came, I know, I know we, we even talked about it last week when we talked about like the most pirated shows and we even mentioned like, oh, Game of Thrones held that title. I knew that like Game of Thrones was a jogger, a juggernaut runaway success. And I was part of that hype train too. I was watching Game of Thrones as well, but my, I didn't know that like literally like Game of Thrones' shoulder was hurting from how much it was carrying HBO. Well, yeah. So. I mean, and also, also you got to realize that like Game of Thrones, the last episode ended what it was like may i believe or somewhere around there it was um i think it was like may of 2019 right yes it was the same year as endgame exactly and then also what came out that year in 2019 was disney plus i believe disney plus like came out in like uh like november or something of 2019 so not only did you lose your biggest show but then a whole new streaming service who was like you know the big man on the block and, and i know like hbo was is a 
as a television network but those streaming services all that stuff is in competition and so like i'm sure they lost the the they lost the game of thrones fans and then not on that not only that then you have new streaming service coming out as well so that probably hit them too that was like another low blow or whatever and uh you know and that's why i feel like these shows and stuff they got to have more stuff you know, in the pipeline, they can't just rely on one show, you know, they should have already been having Watchmen, you know, airing and coming out while Game of Thrones was playing, had some sequel or spinoff to Game of Thrones while Game of Thrones was still on, you know, don't like just let it fall off and now try to hurry up and get a bunch of stuff (laughs) back, you know, that's just dumb to me, so they, they deserve, I ain't gonna say they deserve this, but like, you know, you can't let one show, you know, just literally piggyback you, you prop you up yeah. you know through right so i don't know it's just it's ridiculous you're right i mean when i think about the early days of netflix and stuff because like netflix is like the king of uh we're going to be talking about netflix here in a little bit but they are like the king of just like of um original content and stuff like that like one of the things yeah. about netflix is that they understood like early on in their success is that they realized that they needed to invest so much money into original content so that's when you had like um shows uh, like that um uh, damn, what's that Kevin Spacey show that the uh, House of Cards? Yeah. And they mm-hmm. had like House of Cards and Orange is the New Black and they have like yeah. uh, other other shows in that that era. And then you've got like newer shows like Stranger Things and stuff like that. They're constantly, you know, churning out hit after hit and stuff like that. They're constantly and it's not even just hit after hit. It's more like just churning out stuff after stuff like uh, because not everything on Netflix hits, but like they're constantly making making sure that uh, uh, subscribers have something to watch and stuff like that because right. they're trying. I mean, maybe there, there's also some some like questions about sustainability, like how like you know you're you're spending more money uh, making these shows than you are bringing in from subscribers and stuff like that. Which Netflix is on a growth model, and so that's what their that's what their business model is about. But uh, HBO yeah, Max and Warner Brothers and AT and T, like all of these guys, they already have money. <sighs> so I don't know. It just I feel like I feel like it's a situation where uh, it's like a, a chicken and the egg kind of situation where you hmm, you have to have content in order to drive subscribers and stuff like that. But also you, yeah, I guess they don't want to spend the money unless they already have the subscribers. I don't know. I just yeah. I, I think that's exactly what it is. And it's like scared money do not make money. You know, you can't just be like, okay, you know, we're just this show. As long as we got this show, we're going to put all our budget on this show. This is where all our viewers are at. And then when it ends, you like, oh, I hope they stick around. No, people not watching HBO because they, oh, I love HBO. No, it's like that's what Game of Thrones happened to be on. If Game of Thrones was on something else, they'll be watching that instead. Like, you know, so they just yeah. got to be smarter than that. I guess uh, I guess these companies have to like understand that there's like no loyalty to the platform or whatever. No so. loyalty at all. Which is crazy. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, like honestly, like I, I, I don't know if Netflix capitalizes on this, but it feels like HBO wanted uh, viewers to like to subscribe to like HBO Max or just HBO in general, and then forget that they're subscribed to it and continue to like get their money from them every month. Yeah, probably. Uh, which I don't know. Maybe people are very savvy. I know like people are these days are like all about like just uh, getting like their their one month trial or the one week trial. Watch a show and then like so, like end the subscription before you know before time runs out or whatever. Well, so well they gotta realize you know we live in a world where it's like every day it's a new streaming service. It's so much competition out here. You gotta come with it. You can't have no like you know a, uh, a network or a streaming service that don't got no hits. 
you gotta have a hit. You notice, like with Disney Plus, right after the Mandalorian ended, boom, right after that, Wandavision. You know, because they understand, like, okay, we need to have currently something on our uh, network or our streaming service that has everybody tuned in and talking about it, right? So, you know, like with HBO, they should have had, like, you know, Watchmen, I think, is a good show, but it's not a big hit. And a lot of times these shows take three seasons four seasons to become that big hit so they should have been had Watchmen on the on the on the schedule they should have been had any kind of uh sequels or spinoffs to game of thrones on the schedule or any new show they should have been had it don't wait until you know the show is over and then try to hurry up and put something together that just don't make no sense especially with all this competition out here yeah What's your prediction? Which one's going to be more successful, the Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings series or the the the, the spinoff for Game of Thrones? Lord of the Rings. Listen, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing with Lord of the Rings. People like listen with with the Game of Thrones spinoff. The problem that it's going to have, whether it's good or not, is going to be so much comparisons to Game of Thrones. So people that like, if it's if they try to do anything different, it's going to be like, oh, this ain't Game of Thrones. If they try to keep it the same, it's going to be like, oh, they're just copying Game of Thrones. That's going to be something <laughs> they're going to have to deal with, at least until they catch their stride. Lord of the Rings, it's like, you know, it's a built-in fan base from years, and they just going to be so happy that they got something new, you know, like besides like The Hobbit and stuff that, trust me, that's... People are going to tune in. People forget how popular the Lord of the Rings is. So I'm going to put my money on Lord of the Rings. Do you think they're going to be unfairly compared to the Peter Jackson trilogy or no? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not really sure. But, I mean, it, it has to, you know, because the Peter Jackson trilogy is what Lord of the Rings literally is. So, you <laughs> know, the books. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who knows? You know, I don't think The Hobbit got too compared. The Hobbit trilogy uh, movies, I don't feel like they got too compared to the Lord of the Rings stuff. So, you know, True. who knows? All right. The next, uh, the next item here is probably, I should have probably met led with this story. Cause this might've been the biggest news story of the week. Chris Evans returning to Marvel as Captain America. This comes from comicbook.com. Uh, Chris Evans is reportedly returning to the role of Captain America after he was largely thought to be finished with it after Avengers Endgame. The actor is in talk with Marvel studios to finish a deal, which would see him suit up once again. It is unknown whether or not the deal between Evans and Marvel Studios has closed yet. Evans is expected to return in at least one Marvel property with the deal leaving the door open for him to appear in another movie later. The report po uh, points to Evans reprising the role in a supporting capacity, not a standalone Captain America movie in the vein of how uh, Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man in Captain America Civil War. Marvel has not commented on Evans returning to the role, Evans has uh, had previously indicated that he, well, he was finished playing Captain America after the character's arc had seemingly been fulfilled by the end of Avengers Endgame. Quote, it was a great run and we went out on such a high note that it would be risky to revis revisit it in my opinion. It was such a good experience and I think it's better left that way, uh, Evans said in May. In his last appearance, Evans portrayed a version of Captain America who was handling or handing over the shield and mantle to Anthony Ma Mackie's Sam Wilson. Math uh, Mackie brings Sam Wilson to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus in uh, in March, a, a production which has already been wrapped. So yeah, that I saw in a follow up uh, to the story, Chris Evans took to Twitter and he retweeted news to me. So. What do you think? Is this story true or do you think or is Chris Evans just trolling us? 
I, you know, I have no clue. I have no clue if it's true or not. But if it is true, I think I like the I like the idea because he's not coming back like how people think. Like he's not about to be uh, oh Captain America four or whatever the case may be. It's not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be more of a supporting. It's gonna be similar to like how Iron Man was in Spider Man Homecoming. You know, and I th I like the idea because I hope it'll be cool if they do something that involves the past or something else, you know, with like the Multiverse of Madness movie that's coming out. I think it's a Doctor Strange movie. Like, imagine if you got so much different timelines and different things going on and you bump into Captain America in one of the timelines or something like that. If they do do it, I think it's going to be like that. I don't believe they're just going to straight up retcon what they set up in Endgame. I hope they don't. If that's the case, if they do do that, then I don't like it. I hate that kind of stuff. I hate retcons and, you know, stuff like that. But I think that's going to be the case if he does come back. But I don't necessarily think it's a foregone conclusion that this is true and that he's coming back. So who knows? I think um, I think that he is coming back. And my prediction is, is that he's going to be playing that old man, uh, Steve Rogers, from the comics when he was like the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., so oh, yeah yeah i can I, see something like that because like nick fury's gonna be here like uh he's gonna be busy with sword and in space and stuff like that i feel like it would make sense for like uh like uh where where steve rogers character is needed to run this organization and he can sort of like still he can just sort of just be in that old old man makeup or whatever and just sort of like be you know be a supporting character show up in a couple of scenes and a couple of movies and nothing major you know if you think about like robert downey jr and spider-man homecoming you know he he had maybe to maybe at most ten minutes of screen time, if that. I think right. in the total it was like three or four scenes. So, right, right. Um, I think it could be something like that, where he's like his his character's arc is practically completed, and he's just sort of like you know portraying a bit of an epilogue and letting like the other newer cast members you know sort of have their shine. So yeah, I, I agree. Think, I actually think that's probably what it's gonna be. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. So hopefully uh, that happens and. Uh, I, and uh, maybe I'm wrong, and this is me. Com Again, this is completely speculation. And also, you know, these uh, these uh, reports and stuff like that, these contract negotiations, it's un it's it's unclear of whether or not it's a, like a leak. You know, somebody's talking from the inside, or if it's just someone just speculating. So we'll know. I mean, I guess maybe it's probably it's probably like on Chris Evans's best interest to completely deny it, which is why he put out that tweet. Which is like maybe he's con contractually obligated to keep it a secret. So, um, so take that with the grain of salt. The next, uh, the next story up here is Netflix's massive 2021 film, film slate will deliver new movies every week this year. Uh, so Netflix has made good on its high-profile promise to deliver new movies every week. Teased last October in national uh, commercial spots, the, the streaming monolith is guaranteeing its roughly 193 million subscribers unseen features every week in 2021, largely consisting of original productions as well as some splash, splashy acquisition. The slate has 71 titles across genres from musical to action, romantic comedy to family animation. Dwayne Johnson, Melissa McCarthy, Halle Berry, Jason Momoa, Amy Adams, Ryan Reynolds, Chris Hemsworth, and Lin-Manuel Miranda are among those featured in a sizzle reel released Tuesday, which is in the article, showcasing their uh, respective projects, which will roll out over the next 12 months. So highlights include the mega-budgeted uh, heist film Red Notice, starring Gal Gadot, uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, and Ryan Reynolds, the western The Harder They Fall with Regina King, Idris Elba, and Lovecraft Con uh, County breakout uh, Jonathan Majors, 
Adams, uh, the man, this is a tough read here, but I'm just going to go ahead and skip along here and just say that basically the, the long story short of this article is that Netflix is basically a promising a feature like every week. Um, and some things bigger than others, but basically they have such a huge slate that basically every week you're going to get new drops. And um, I think, I don't know if I read this, but I, I feel like I read somewhere on here. I don't know if I see, I don't see it in this article, but I think there's something about Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be on one of them or something like that. So yeah, he is. Okay. So basically you got big names and stuff like that. And it feels like, you know, the movie theater industry is sort of like, you know, been crippled, but streaming is just popping off and all the stars are there. So all the big movie stars are there. So it's kind of crazy that these big budgeted movies. Oh yeah. It says right here, don't look up starring Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio and Ariana Grande and Timothy Chalamet and Kid Cudi and Meryl Streep. Jesus Christ, man. Oh my God. Yeah. That movie I'm (laughs) super excited about. And it's directed by the director of a lot of great movies. (laughs) So, oh, you did a YouTube video. Uh, uh, check out uh, Troy's YouTube yeah. video about that. I, I remember I remember you talking about it on one of your anticipated lists. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, like this is just crazy. Um, Netflix is killing it. And I don't know, man, I feel like Netflix is probably I don't know how they're how they're I guess they're just they're just getting money from investors because they are definitely at a deficit. There is no way you're making a profit from those uh from that from even even from two even with almost 200 million subscribers you're not going to be pulling in that much money to to pay for these costs these actors cost a lot of money so um i for one am very excited and we're going to be talking about netflix again later on in the show uh so do you have anything else you wanted to add to this story yeah man listen this this is what i'm talking about this is what i was talking about earlier you know you like we're, we're living in a world where streaming services are coming everywhere, and it's because of the success of Netflix, right? So if you're the big boss, if you're the OG, you're Netflix, you're the OG, you got to defend everybody off. You got to let people know that, look, I'm the I'm the number Top one dog. streaming service in the yeah. world, okay? So Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, all you other streaming services that's trying to come from this spot, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just drop a new uh, movie every week. You know what I mean? This is how you this is how you don't end up in a HBO situation with Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> because even if even if a lot of these are duds, if you have like 3 or 4 of them that are hits and everybody talking about them, you're winning. And on top of that, and you mentioned it the the theaters and the big studios are having problems getting their movies out right now. That's why you're getting all these pushbacks. So what do Netflix do? Oh, we don't have any problem getting our movies out. Let's just keep dropping them on them. So they're gonna have everybody tuned in. It's a genius idea from Netflix, and I, I think they're they're doing big things, and uh, it's the reason why they're Netflix. Yeah, they're definitely holding the they're they're definitely holding the throne right now. They're defending the title like uh like a boxing uh, like what's that what's that guy's yeah. name? Uh like Muhammad Ali or something. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I was thinking Mayweather. Mike I was Tyson. like, yeah, I'm like Floyd Mayweather. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best kind of thing. So, yeah, I feel like Disney sure. Plus is got is coming from that title by the way. I just real talk. Who? Uh, Disney Plus. They they have a chance. They have yeah, a chance. They coming for that title for them to be in the uh, the number But I always one. say that the only thing with Disney Plus, and here's the thing, the only thing with Disney Plus is you'll be surprised how many people in the world tune in to rated R content. That that's the only thing with Disney Plus. You know, they have to stick to their brand. So no matter what stuff is going to come out, it's going to be aimed at that type of audience. 
and Netflix, they can do just what Disney Plus do in terms of creating kids stuff, but they can make a hard R, you know, type of show or something like that. So that's the only thing that, you know, otherwise I, I would agree because Disney is Disney. You know, they've been doing this for decades. So yeah. and well, they I have think, that I amount think- of content. There's a rumor going around that Disney Plus is going to have a rated R section built into Disney Plus. So now, see if they do that. Now, if they do that, I think Disney Plus gonna get them <laughs> eventually. Disney gonna get them. So, um, all right. So next up here is uh, our last bit major news story here is that Godzilla versus Kong is moving uh, to March. It's actually being uh, debuting earlier than than expected. So this comes from Deadline, and. Uh, there was uh, Warner Brothers is uh, in the wake of making good with Legendary on the simultaneous release of Godzilla vs. Kong in theaters and on HBO Max. We'll be releasing the movie on March 26th instead of May 21st. So for the context, uh, there was a huge like Legendary lawsuit thing happening whenever Legendary was mad that they were being simultaneously released and that wasn't in the contracts. But I'm guessing they have that all sorted out because it was reported last Friday that Warner Brothers and financier Legendary, which owns a majority of the movie, uh, avoided a legal entanglement entanglement over the former's decision to take its entire 2021 slate and throw it day and date on its fresh streaming service, HBO Max. Warner Brothers had blocked a $200 million bid by Netflix to acquire the movie. A settlement over whether Dennis uh, Villeneuve's Dune go uh, Denis, I believe it's Denis uh, Villeneuve Dune goes theatrical and HBO Max day and date is still being hashed out between Warner Media and Legendary. The, that movie is still currently slated to come out on October 1st. In the meantime, Godzilla vs Kong will uh, will look to see some uh, some dough from the those Asian markets that are open, particularly China. The last movie, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, didn't do so hot stateside with $110 million, but it fared better abroad with $276 million for a total of 386. The fourth legendary monster movie after Godzilla, uh, Kong Skull Island, and King of the Monsters cost a reported $200 million, backed 75% by Legendary. So Legendary put up 75% of that money, uh, and it's directed by Adam Wingard and written by Terry uh, Rossio. So... I'm for one very excited. You know, I'm actually kind of surprised that it's even coming out in March. Like, I'm surprised in the sense that like I feels like by now, like normal normal um, um, studio logic or whatever, or like marketing logic is like you know I we would have seen a trailer like last November or something like that. But I we have not seen an actual theatrical trailer or anything, even to this day. So and this movie is like 60 days away. So uh, yeah. Wait. So think? it's March of this year. Yes. It was oh. supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out in May, like during the summer, during the summer season. But now it's yeah. being pushed forward to come out even earlier, and it's li- oh, just like what is it, sixty-five days away? So man, that, there's that's still no surprising trailer. News. That's surprising news, right there. So yeah, man. I mean, I'm glad that the uh, Warner Brothers and, and Deadline are are like you know hashing out these contracts and stuff like that. So much so that they were actually debuting a movie early, which is crazy. Um, yeah, it's good news for people that love Godzilla like me. So I've been excited for it. I actually I've heard that this movie been done like actually done for a while now. So that's might be one of the reasons why like it's like been finished. Like I'm talking like edited and everything. So you know that might be the reason. It's like look, you know, let's just go ahead and put this out. We've been having it for a while, and and well, actually I mean, March is an okay time if they start marketing it. Like if we see a trailer next week. 
you know, or something like that. And they start pushing up the marketing. March is an all right time to, you know, to get the excitement. Because one of the reasons, the problems I felt like with the last Godzilla movie, I felt like their marketing stretched out too long. Like, I think they released the first trailer like a year and a half or like almost two years before the movie was even coming out. And so, like, I think with marketing, you want to like it wants this. You want to build the momentum up until it comes out. You don't want to like build the momentum and then it drops down. Nobody cares. And then rebuild <laughs> it and drop down. Nobody cares. Like, so that yeah, might well, can just, you know, yeah. skyrocket them into it so the movie has uh has largely been completed because a lot of 2020 movies were were done like you know things like black widow and fast nine um the uh the the movie uh, godzilla versus kong was supposed to come out last may so it's it's, it has no doubt it's done uh so and imagine and real quick imagine if just say right like and hopefully this is true, but let's just say like right by March is right when things start going back to normal. Like just imagine <laughs> if like they just picked the right time, right when things start going back to normal in March. You know, it does seem early and I doubt it, but they that that movie would make bank if people like been excited to go to the theater for a while now and everything is back to normal. Theaters are back open. The vaccine and is out, and nobody's really worried about COVID and much. And King Kong versus Godzilla is in theaters with nothing else. Like that'll be a huge hit. And if they market everything right, so I mean it's a gamble, but I could see it. You know, having some success. I'm just surprised that Legendary even wants their movie to come out early. I think like the if if they kept the original release date in May, I think they would have been happier with it because the longer you wait, the better your prospects for the COVID situation coming under control. Right, so, right, yeah. That that's that's a mystery to me. But who knows? In terms of contractually, it might be a situation where they have to get it out or they want to get their deal done with them as quick as they can, or who knows? Yeah. All right, so it's time for the next uh, segment within the segment. This is called Extra News. This is the sto- the part where I read the headlines, and we're not going to read the whole story. We're just going to simply just read the headlines, and then we're going to comment on the headlines after I read them all. So, number one, Liam Neeson said he would be interested in returning as Qui-Gon Jinn in the Obi-Wan Disney Plus series. Number two, Liam Neeson to retire from action films. Number three, Sex and the City getting an HBO Max revival without Kim Cattrall. Number four, Star Wars Ahsoka series to absorb the storylines story of defunct Star Wars Rebel sequel uh, series. And number five, Ethan Hawke casts in Moon Knight a series as villain. Number six, Ben Affleck calls Kevin Feige the greatest producer ever. Number seven, new set photos hints at Spider-Man ha- having a new costume. And number eight, Sony launches a new streaming service that is only available on Sony-made TVs that has that has a higher bit rate than other 4K streaming services and is more consistent with Blu-ray quality. So you hear all these headlines. Uh, Troy, do you have anything to say on any of these stories? Yeah, uh, it's a lot that stands out to me. Uh, first of all, with Qui-Gon, I'm a huge fan of Qui-Gon. Um, I don't want to see him come back. I just don't want to <laughs> see. I like. I I love Qui Gon. Like I do. I really do. And I love Liam Neeson as an actor. But I just don't want to get into this. Everybody come back. You know, they're gonna start bringing every Star Wars character that ever died back. It's like we can't just redcon stuff. When people die, they gotta die. That what makes the story gripping and and make it heartfelt. So you can't just you know just bring everyone back now. Well, I'm so, just gonna say to 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 counter that point. It's like first off. 
fan everyone's all about fan pleasing and stuff like ever since the Mandalorian screw and that Ola. screw that man <laughs> secondly that. secondly uh we know that in the interim time between episode three and episode four Obi-Wan has to go training undergo training to become a learn how to become a force ghost to unlock that ability so who better to teach him than the the force ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn well I don't well look I wouldn't mind his voice but like he shouldn't I don't need him to show up you know what I mean like we've already heard his voice and stuff so I'm okay with that like if we want to do his voice like cameos and stuff like that I love that like I don't mind cameos anything like that any actor that's coming back to do maybe like a flashback scene or a cameo or a voiceover or anything like that I love it but the idea of him coming back and actually being Qui-Gon on a show uh, that's that's what I mean. That's what I don't want to see. Uh, okay. the, now I'm the, pretty the, sure it's gonna be a voiceover cameo. But uh, by the way, he he was he said that in an offhandedly in an interview when somebody uh, interviewed him during uh when he was doing a press junket for another movie he was promoting. He was like, "Would you be interested in uh, being Qui Gon in the Obi Wan series?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." So he was yeah, like, "So yeah, that's more that's of probably, like that, that don't have any kind of relevance at all anyway." True. And um, another thing, the Sony streaming service. Now, listen, I'm so sick of everybody want to make streaming services. <laughs> It's get it's so annoying. Like I got like soon we're gonna have uh, I don't know we're gonna have any it's just anybody doing a streaming service these days. But the one thing I do say that that's a clever idea. Like to only have your streaming service on Sony made televisions. That's a that's a smart idea to me. You know because Sony does good in terms of selling. It could it could benefit both. It could benefit someone wanting to get a TV, and it could benefit you know. Like someone that has a TV to want to watch the streaming service, so that's but, that's a pretty solid idea. Uh, I I kind of like that. It's a very uh, limited uh, selection. It's all Sony produced content, things like Into the Spider Verse, um, Sony produced content. So they have uh, the highest quality. Like um, what do you call it? Like um, like normally, whenever you watch a, a show like on Disney Plus or Netflix and stuff, even though you might say HD or even might even say Ultra HD like 4K, they are still compressed. The, the bit rate is still lower and it's not gonna if you were to play like you know Black Panther on a uh, on Disney plus through streaming and then Black Panther on blu-ray and you have the two TVs next to each other you can see like that artifacting and you can see that little bit of compression you can tell the difference and I can tell the difference as well I'm a very I'm very avid when, when it comes to like the visuals and stuff like that um, so the fact that Sony is promising a streaming service even with the limited selection of content by the way but the fact that they're promising these high quality bandwidth uh, versions of these movies and stuff and it's gonna basically like look like it's uh, you're playing it natively on 4k 4k blu-ray that's gonna be pretty my pretty mind-blowing um i just recently upgraded my internet and i have like this fiber internet connection my bandwidth can handle it and i would love to have something that that crazy good so yeah i could see that being successful i'm not gonna lie like if you're gonna do something if you're gonna copy everyone with doing streaming services and make stuff, it your own you might as well do something different and unique and i feel like they're doing that with that so oh and the last thing i wanted to talk about out of all those headlines was uh the sony spider-man suit the new spider-man suit uh i'm sure it's gonna be cool that's all i want to say <laughs> i'm pretty sure like i'm so so cynical and jaded i'm pretty sure they only like make new spider-man suits in every spider-man movie simply because they want to sell new toys so yeah i think that's the case but i like it you know because <laughs> if you, no, like, <laughs> i'm gonna be real because if you think about it it's been so many different 
Spider-Man costumes over the years with comics and the cartoons and stuff. It's like you might as well utilize and let us see something new and different if we're going to watch a new and different Spider-Man movie. You see what I'm saying? So like it was cool to see Spider-Man in his iron spider suit when he was in Avengers and, and stuff like that. And so I, I don't really mind it. Yeah, I think I don't know. It's like I never got bored of Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. It's the same costume in all three movies. So, uh, but yeah. Anyways, um, last thing I just want to say is, like, I just can't believe, like, they're so catty with each other. Like, Kim Cattrall didn't want to come back and do Sex in the City. Like, those movies, I worked in the movie theater when those movies uh, came out, and those movies were crazy packed. Like, and yeah. uh, I feel like this is one of those situations where HBO Max is trying to, like, you know, get some Game of Thrones level, to, uh, like, shows and stuff. And, you know, getting a revival of, of, a, of a, you know, a still relevant series, I mean... With uh, from the '90s and also from the from the aughts from the movies, um, yeah, I think it's really cool. It's it's, it's good and uh, not my obviously not our demographic, but still, I'm pretty sure uh, the uh, the the whole movie movie sphere will be talking about that. But yeah. anyways, um, let's go ahead and uh, and move to uh, to check this out. Not a whole lot going on here to check this out, but I only just pulled up a random article from a website called Total Film. Uh, they're like a uh, um, a subsidiary of Games Radar, but uh, Total Film put out a uh, um, they put out an official um, still, like a, a publicity still, and they got their watermark on them and stuff like that. So if you actually go to other websites, it's that same still with their watermark on it. So um, so, so Sylvester Stallone muscles in on the superhero genre in this exclusive Samaritan image. So the name of the movie is called Samaritan, and Sylvester Stallone is playing a, uh, a former superhero in the movie. So um, we basically, he looks like, he kind of looks like uh, that one scene from Unbreakable. Uh, or not, it wasn't Unbreakable, actually. It was... Uh, uh, Mr. Glass, whenever he had his hand on that, like the side of that van and stuff like that. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it looks very cool. It lo- he looks very like um, I don't know. It just yeah, he kind of does look like Unbreakable actually. But uh, who knows what kind of take that this uh, this uh, movie is going to be going about here. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to say other than he looks cool. Did you see <laughs> it? Did you see it, uh, Troy? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't get to see it. I, I think I heard something about it somewhere. Um, I mean, who knows if it, if it gets, you know, if it comes out and it's good, I'll check it out. For sure. I'm not really sure. I don't have any big excitement about it or anything though. Okay. Uh, well also, by the way, in an update to last week's check this out, we put out like the little teaser, uh, the teaser trailer, but then there was a full on, um, full trailer of cherry, like an actual, like a real trailer because last week it was just like one scene and like a little snippet of a trailer. And then this one, it's a full two and a half minute trailer. So, uh, definitely, uh, gives more, it gives way more context to what the actual movie is about. So, um, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that as well. Next up is topic of the show. So in this, uh, this week's topic of the show, we're going to be talking about our most anticipated movies or shows of, uh, 2021. So for me, I, un, un, um, unlike Troy, I actually have not had time to prepare uh, a list. So I will be making my list up as I go. So if I miss something or why didn't you think of this or anyone who, who comments at me, just know that I probably didn't think about it here on the fly. But Troy is more prepared. So I will have him go first. Okay. So look, check me out. Um, first, I'm going to talk about the Disney Plus show coming out, uh, Loki. I, I'm super excited for that. You know, I mean, like, the, the you know the biggest reason why I'm excited for Loki is not just because he's one of the best 
villains in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, but because the way they set it up in Avengers Endgame, you know, how he takes the, he gets the Tesseract and then just jump into another dimension or something, you like, oh, where'd he go? And they never explained it, and we never, and then they announced that it's a show coming out. It's like, oh, that was so genius. So just from that alone, I want to see. And then when you see the trailer, it blew me away, of course. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm ready to see that ASAP. So um, whenever that drops, I'm going to be watching that day one or whatever. So that's number one. And then again, none of these are in order except one. That my that's my number one anticipated. That's the number one anticipated. Okay. So I'll, uh, other I'll, than uh, did you want me to go next? Do you want to like alternate, or did you want to do another one? Uh, well, I'll just go ahead and just lay mine out, just so that way you give you some more time. You know. No, no, I already got. I already got. I already thought of four things. So Dang, let's, that let's quick. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. To... Let's okay, alternate. Go let's alternate. All right. Um. So my okay, I, I'm not gonna put out an order here either because again, I just thought of this on the spot. But I actually want to give a shout out to the Falcon and the Winter, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I feel like I, I think I anticipate that show out of the three shows, uh, the three MCU shows between the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. I'm anticipating uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier the most because really? oh wow, I don't know because it feels like it's like out out of all those three shows. I, I when, when it comes to like WandaVision and um, and um, Loki, they feel like side projects. They feel like side quest adventures. Whereas the Falcon and the Winter Soldier feels like Captain America Four. Essentially, it feels very mainline questing kind of thing mm -hmm. instead of yeah. side quest. So I feel like when it comes to like the uh, relevant plot threads, I feel like we're gonna get the most out of this show out of the other. Uh, between the other three, which is not to discredit WandaVision because apparently WandaVision leads into Spider-Man, which leads into uh, Doctor Strange. But as far as mainline quest goes, it feels like this is going to be very, uh, very much uh, relevant to like the phase four, as well as just in general, like some of the, the scenes that I've seen, crazy good action sequences. This does feel like a movie. Uh, but on a show, you know, on a on a streaming platform. So I'm Watch looking forward it, to it. Uh, when it comes out, it has nothing to do with. The <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I can up. see I'm like, that. That's fucked up. I can see that. I can see that just being the case. But yeah, no, I'm 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 very much looking forward to it. Plus, not to mention, like I really do like the the, the, the dynamic between uh, uh, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and how like they were like always competing to be like Captain America's best friend and stuff like that. And just like in Civil War, whenever he was like, "Can you move the chair?" and he's like, "No," you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of want to see like more of like their dynamic and stuff, and, like, and how they how they get along and stuff. And you know, Steve yeah. Rogers was their glue, and now they're just setting out on their own. So yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, my next one I'm going to put on here is uh, is Dune, you know, uh, Den Dennis Villeneuve, whatever his name is. Like, he's a phenomenal director. He's, like, one of the best directors working today, no question. And uh, Dune, the trailers, everything about it looks good. I feel like it, it gives me a Star Wars feel in the sense that we're getting something different. Like, when you first watched Star Wars, it was different. I think that's what stood out. And I think with Dune, it's, it's got that quality to it. And I think it's going to be one of those mega hits. And uh, so, yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited for Dune. And the, and the cast is ridiculous. And, I, and I've actually never watched the previous Dune movie, like the old movie. I never watched it. I have no clue, nothing about Dune, and I'm and I actually like that. So it's going it's everything is new going in for me. You know, I just love the idea of what I've seen so far. So yeah, Dune is up there with my highly anticipated of twenty twenty one. 
Agreed. I think I, um, it would definitely make my top five as well. But let me see if I can uh, if I can think of something else. Uh, but my next one I'm gonna pick out here is gonna be Black Widow. Uh, the same uh, the same could almost be said about like the about like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and like as far as like the action sequence action sequence is looking cool. But real real talk though, um, I uh, I'm this it feels like my my understanding of the of how this fits into Marvel Phase Four is really just the post credit sequence because I. It's, this movie is a flashback, uh, as far as like the plot goes in the MCU. So it's one big flashback followed by a post-credit sequence that actually has to do with Marvel Phase Four. I'm still excited because, of course, I love ScarJo. Uh, she's awesome. She did a she killed it as Black Widow the entire her, her entire run in the MCU. And um, yeah, I just um, maybe there's uh, more to, more to it than meets the eye. I feel like they're trying to set up. They're trying to backdoor set up. Uh, the other Black Widow to be the new Black Widow mantle, so they're basically essentially passing the torch over to her. So what is her name? Like Yelena Belova or something like that? I forgot yeah. her name. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm that's definitely up there. And I was very disappointed when this movie got delayed out of last May into November, and then out of last November to this May. So um, it was definitely one of those movies that I had. Uh, I had a but pre pre COVID, I had made plans with my coworkers to all go uh, go make a movie night out of it but in that that it never happened and uh and i'm not sure it's going to happen even even if it does come out in may um you know i'll probably watch it on disney plus because the rumor is is that it might do like the mulan thing where it's like you know uh that premiere access window thingy so oh that's a tragedy oh man i hate it oh you don't want to do that you don't want it for it to be that premiere access 90 day pay x pay 30 dollars i mean it's fine it's cool it's cool I mean, I would do it. Me personally, I would do it. Um, I don't know. I just like the comfort of my own home, especially, you know, but, you know, I do. I, I, of course, I do watch like movies and theaters and stuff, and I'm all about that theatrical experience. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've been changing my tune ever since like the whole COVID situation goes on. And I just I don't know if I can bounce back and I don't know how how that'll pan out. But um, still, it's still a, a must watch. And I will watch it as soon as I possibly can, as soon as Disney allows me to. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so my next one is the Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, like th- the Suicide Squad, I'm I'm very excited for because I think James Gunn, he's probably the king of dealing with ensembles. You know, he like he he's very good with making a bunch of characters feel relevant, and uh, I just like the the tone back during the whole like it was a what was the DC thing that they did? It was like a, a DC fandom. Yeah, I think yeah. it was fandom. And they released a, like, it wasn't a trailer, but it was just a bunch of the actors talking about it. It was like a little snippet thing, and it just felt so much fun. You know, like some of the characters from the previous Suicide Squad movie is coming back. Now, I hated the first Suicide Squad. It was It was atrocious. But there were some characters in it that I would have wanted to see more of, like Harley Quinn, you know, uh, Captain Boomerang was very funny, and so those some of those characters are coming back. So I like that we're gonna see that, and we're gonna see some new characters. And the idea of that, like all these characters can die, and you don't know who's gonna die, and it's gonna be like extremely funny. It's gonna have a lot of action, as you can see in the little snippet they showed. James Gunn is a great director, and uh, so it's it's just it's a highly it's crazy how like. The first Suicide Squad I didn't like at all, so you would think like the sequel I will have no interest in it. But actually, you know, they turned me around quite a bit, and uh, I'm I'm super excited for the next Suicide Squad movie. All right, cool. Um, 
My next pick is going to be a fairly obvious pick because anyone who knows me knows how much I love the Fast and the Furious movies. Fast oh, f- no. Please don't put Fast and the Furious on there. Yeah, F9, man. It's all about family. <laughs> it's all about family. I got, I, Dude, I, I was so disappointed when F9 got like uh, delayed out of last year. Like They delayed it a whole year. Like Universal saw, Universal saw like foresaw everything and like straight up was like, okay, we're taking Fast 9 and we're just yank it. We're yeeting it out of 2020 and we're going to put it in our Fast 10 uh When uh, is Fast date. 9 supposed to come out? It was year. supposed to come out last April, in April of 2020, and well, then now it's coming out in May of this year. Because May that's, of this uh, year. Okay, uh, okay. May of this year was supposed to be the original release date for Fast 10. So they gave it Fast 10's release date. Oh, okay, okay. So, hope, I mean, I don't even know. Like, I don't even... Did they... I have not heard anything about like when they're filming, if they are, or if they even wrapped filming, or if they even began filming Fast Ten, because Fast Ten would have been coming out in four months in a in a non-pandemic uh, universe, you know. So, yeah, no, man, I justice for Han. I just got to say that, man. That that trailer, yeah. that trailer got me going, man. I was hyped, I was amped, and just seeing John Cena in there, like, just oh, it's gonna be really good. Like, I really like it. Um, it just sucks that Dwayne Johnson isn't in it, but it just sucks that Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson don't like each other and stuff like that. So uh, that kind of sucks. But you know, basically, you you if you if you lose the Rock, you get discount Rock with John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, sorry, it's probably a joke. It's a terrible joke. I uh, I shouldn't be taking shots at that guy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got a lot of John Cena fans gonna be mad at you now. <laughs> Yeah, at me, I guess, I guess. Um, but no, I, guess, <laughs> I don't have really much to say other than, like, I'm just, my general hype levels are good. I mean, I've been loving Fast and the Furious ever since Fast 4. Um, yeah, and uh, I've, we've had movie nights when I watched, like, the first Fast and the Furious. So um, the, this, this, the franchise has gotten bigger and better every time. And uh, I am definitely anticipating that Fast 10 will go to space, is my, <laughs> my, my prediction. Yeah, so, and I will, be, I will be along for the motherfucking ride, so... Oh God! Uh, yeah. So, so uh, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. I mean, I, I, I can understand the hype for Fast Five. I used to really, I used to love that franchise too. I, but I believe we've seen some movies together in the, in the, in the past. I think, I think we, we watched Fast Six in theaters together. By the way, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I know we've seen Fast Five for sure. I remember seeing Fast Five with you and Tony and a bunch of other of our friends. And six, we might have seen that one too. So yeah, we so yeah, I, I can understand your love for that for sure. And uh, so you know, my fourth my fourth movie of this year, I'm gonna go with uh, a movie. It's a soft spinoff called Spiral, and it stars Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Now that that made it just un, like weird to me. You know, like I didn't I, Chris Rock and Saw that just don't mix, but that actually makes me like it. And it's actually written and produced by Chris Rock. And if anybody know anything about Chris Rock, now the guy's funny, but he's a great writer. You know, he he did a movie like a few years back. Well, it was probably like four or five years now, but he did a movie called Top Five, and it came out in like 2014. I think it was like the best comedy of that year. It was extremely funny, and uh, he's done. He's wrote he's written documentaries and other stuff like that. So the guy the guy's a good writer. So he wrote it, and anybody that don't think you know uh, comedians could do good horror. Hey, just go check out Jordan Peele and see what he did with Get Out and stuff like that. So, 
I, I, I personally trust it. And the, the trailer came out like a long time ago. And it probably got pushed back too. Who knows? But, uh, you know, and it has Sam Jackson in it. Like, come on, Sam Jackson. And I always love Saw. The Saw movies have always been great. So I just didn't see that one coming. It was like a complete surprise. And it's just so different. I think that's why I'm excited for it. It just feels so different. Like, you know, so who knows? It it might suck. It might be one of these movies that suck. You know, with horror movies, you never know (laughs) uh, for sure. But it it just is interesting enough to grab my attention. So that's my number four. If I'm not mistaken, was there already a trailer released for this already? Yeah, yeah. It's a trailer out. A trailer came out a while ago. And uh, it was pretty good. I like it. I think I saw the trailer and I remember it it leaving like an impact as far as like – I remember them being like, "Oh, this is a nice little creative take," because it was like, "Yeah, they they were they weren't exactly trying to do like a remake. They were sort of trying to continue that world and stuff beyond." Yeah, it's like I think it just takes place in the, the same, same world, world or yeah. something, but it's not it's it's different. So it's like a spinoff. So that's what I like about it. So yeah, I agree. They went in a new creative direction. So I remember that one being like, "Okay, like it wasn't they weren't just trying to make a like a like a slot." Uh, uh, a slocky like gore film or whatever they were yeah they actually had like some story and some acting in there so chris rock right. has his, uh, his series face on and everything so yeah all right i like it i agree i agree knock 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 all right so my mine uh pick actually uh my number four pick is going to be another uh, another horror movie but not as scary i don't think i really don't think it's a scary movie um it's called a quiet place part two uh oh, i watched that first I first I watched that first movie. We wa- we made a movie. We were at the movies with like a bunch of uh, our friends, like Sharon and stuff like that. So we, it was a. Uh, I, I don't remember like actually ve- being scared, but apparently other people were. So um, I just thought it was a cool little action movie or, or suspense, I guess. Um, I was definitely looking forward to the movie in 2020, and it got uh, delayed out of last April to this April. And uh, maybe, hopefully, it still hits its April release date, but we'll hopefully time will tell. And um, there hasn't been any new trailers ever since that first trailer when the movie was first gearing up to release last April. But when, from what we saw, we saw that little flashback sequence. It looks dope. We got a bigger budget. It's gonna it's gonna come hard. The cast is expanding, and uh, the story looks like it's going to it's gonna take some new directions as you know they fight these uh these monsters and stuff and now they got like more you know ammo in the in the the tank as far as like how to how to combat these these uh these creatures so um i'm glad that like the direct john krasinski is coming back as director and he's also the lead writer and so hopefully they uh they make uh they catch lightning in a bottle again yeah i agree with you i'm super excited for a quiet place too i the first one was so suspenseful and was so good so in that same team coming back and it's, and it's actually one of those movies where you felt like it was meant to be a sequel. Like, sometimes I have problems with sequels when it just, like, sure. they force that shit. Yeah. Like, all right, it was a complete ending. It was a complete wrap to the story. They don't need no more movies, and then they force it for money or something. like. But, like, when you watch A Quiet Place, that first one, you felt like, you oh, yeah, this ne- it, it needs more. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's more that can be done here, so... Yeah, it's a perfect type of movie to be made as a sequel, and I, yeah, I'm excited about it too. Yeah, like the the first movie leaves you wanting more, and I'm glad they're giving us more. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that, I'm glad we're excited for that. All right, next up, I think it's your number five. So yeah, this is my last one. This is my number one by far. It's not even close to any of the ones that I've named, and it's of course the Batman. Uh, the That's Batman a 2022 coming movie. out this year. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, I'm blown. I can't wait for the movie. I, <laughs> I, I literally can't wait. 
and uh, when I seen the trailer, I was actually mad because as I was watching the trailer, I'm realizing that, oh, yeah, they're going to push this shit back. And uh, I got to wait even longer from the date at the time that that was announced. So, uh, you know, I was just mad that I'm like, I got to wait this long for this movie. Yeah. And, uh, and was- listen. Everything about this movie I love. Like it's this movie's been taking some unfair criticism and it's super weird. Like like first of all, the director of this movie is a phenomenal director. Like he's done great movies. Like Planet we're talking the about Apes. the Planet of the Apes yeah. movies. I mean Reeves has done, you know, phenomenal films. And if you watch those Planet of the Apes movies with Caesar and stuff, he reminds you of Batman. Like he acts kinda like Batman. I remember thinking like Man, it'd be great if he did a Batman movie, you know. So it's just like I think he's a perfect director, and and they got great writers on board. You know, Robert Pattinson is a phenomenal actor. It's like how many great movies do he got to do in a row for you guys to stop bringing up Twilight? You know what I mean? Like I'm so sick of the people bringing up Twilight. Like how many great movies he got to do in a row for you to guys to quit bringing up Twilight? And the and just the cast in general is just unbelievable the cast is ridiculous like it's like you could tell to me that this movie is going to be one of those movies similar to joker in a way where it's like tonally is going to be good enough to attract oscar type of bait now listen don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say this is going to be some oscar you know movie or nothing like that but i'm just saying in terms of the tone and what they're going for and the quality i believe the movie is going to have is going to compete with some of the best comic book movies out there you know and it's going to be a mystery movie it's going to be a thriller it's going to be very dark and edgy it's like everything you want from batman and the score is special i mean it's straight up special so yeah so the batman is my number one it's nothing even nowhere near close Damn, I like how you put your number one. Your number one most anticipated thing is a 2022 movie for our 2021 list. That's 2022. <laughs> it's re- March, March 2022, man. Dang, it got it pushed was, back again. It was supposed to come out in October of this year. I, I know that. I know that was the original release date. But yeah, no, it, it is a March. It's already. It's like that was old news. Um, oh my god. Bro. Uh, but yeah, no, that's fine. Sense. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, what's it called? I I just wanted to say. Uh, there was like a story that came out that Robert Pattinson wasn't taking his uh, his like bulking up, muscled up regiment very seriously. Like he wasn't, yeah. he didn't want to promote that like that body image or whatever, like unrealistic body image, or whatever. Um, you know that that take or whatever. And when you think of when you see like uh, you know people like uh, like Chris Pratt for Star Lord and uh, Kunil uh, Nanjiani, I believe that's his name uh, for Eternals. And, you know, uh, um, the, these guys are, like, just beefing up, you know, and muscling up for, like, these movies and stuff like that. And apparently Robert Pattinson isn't, like, you know, going full on hard at the gym. What are See, your thoughts on that? See, this is the thing. Like, here's why I don't, but I always call bull crap on that. <clears throat> and here's why I always call bull crap on that. Because the guy would get sued. You know, like, these, these things are contractually obligated. It's not like they go up to him and say, hey, if you can, Robert Pattinson, can you buck up, buff, beef up a little bit? If you can't, I understand. No, it's like, look, if you're going to take this role, you got to get in the gym. You got to meet these criterias of the size and weight that we want to see, you know. And so I don't see how you can do that and not, like, get in trouble, like, literally get in trouble. And uh, I think he's a professional. He's a great when when you dealing with great actors that are that take their job serious, like they they bring it. They they take their job serious. They really bring it. So and then also like we got him in the trailer. Like how's he? Uh, it's already scenes of him filmed 
already has Bruce Wayne in the, in the bat suit and stuff, and then he's not taking his weight serious. That doesn't make sense. So I, I've heard that rumor. I heard that whole you know situation. But and another thing, real quick, I might say like. If you look at this version of the Batman, this is not like a Ben Affleck type of Batman where he needs to be the buffest guy. Like, you could tell they going for, like, that more slender Batman, which I don't really, I really prefer the big bulky Batman, but that's not, but that's not what they're going for in this. So, if you look at it, like, he doesn't need to be Chris Pratt size you know now don't get me wrong i would prefer him to be chris pratt size but like if you look at him in the trailer like he looks like a regular guy in in the suit too like he's not the biggest bulky batman we've gotten so i i don't believe none of that stuff and like anyone that does believe that i don't know that is just a bit goofy to me <laughs> all right so uh my most anticipated i guess i don't know i don't know if i call it my most anticipated especially because this is unknown but this movie is currently scheduled for december 22nd of this year so it's going to be a christmas movie it is the matrix 4 so i for one am a little like like um i don't know i i'm definitely anticipating it because i even watched like even like a couple years ago i watched uh the matrix in theaters uh like the first matrix when it got re-released in imax or whatever um and so I watched that and it really like, it made me a believer again in the matrix, you know, like I, I, I completely, you know, the sequels, the, the second and third movies, they sort of squandered it a bit, but I do like the second movie for the action. I will say that, but like that first movie really was like, it definitely had like a lot of philosophy and stuff like that in there. And I feel like with how much time has gone by and how much technology has taken over our world, I feel like there's going to be some good social commentary to say that this movie can pull off if the Wachowski sisters are like, are up for the task. So, um, I think that just, uh, I'm only putting this on the, on the, uh, on the top five list in the sense of there's, there's promise, you know? So I don't think Keanu Reeves and, and Carrie Ann Moss and, and Jada Pinkett Smith wouldn't sign on unless, unless they, uh, uh, they saw something, you know, that, that, that in their, in their pitch or in the script or whatever. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they saw that money. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> <laughs> they saw that money, you know what I mean? Fair enough, fair enough. But I just want to give some quick honorable mentions. Uh, this stuff I, this stuff could easily just be in the top five, but there's only five slots, so I'm just going to run it down real quick. Spider-Man 3, uh, Mission Impossible 7. Um, we already said we already said more, uh, talked about Morbius. We also, I also just want to give a shout-out to Space Jam, A New Legacy, and uh, Top Gun. James Maverick. Bond. James Bond, oh, yeah, too, right? James Bond as well, yeah. And Top Gun Maverick, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, yeah, Venom, Let There, Let There Be Carnage is also slated for June of this year. So, yeah, uh, very good stuff coming out, and uh, we'll see how much of these these uh, these projects actually do land in 2021. It's possible that they do, uh, especially because a majority of the things that were a good portion of the stuff that we, we ran down has already been filmed and in the can. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll continue to talk about these things as they debut here week to week. So uh, please uh, join us along for the ride here. All right, so... Uh, our next uh, our next uh, segment here is we're going to be talking about the new releases here. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So I just want to say that our new releases is, uh, is actually not even a new release. It's actually something that came out last week. We could have talked about it during last show, but I didn't know about it. But we'll get into that here in a momentarily. But before we even talk about that, I just want to talk about that sound effect. 
I used to think that it was let's all go to the movies. I feel like I'm going going through some fucking Mandela effect right now. So uh, I don't know. Do you do you remember that or or no? Yeah, I, I always remember let's all go to the lobby. But oh I, really? I, like that's not the first time I heard that. That might be a Mandela effect. You know what I'm saying? So. Who knows? Like, I, I've heard people tell me they always thought it said, let's go to the movies. But, hey, that's a Mandela effect for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was looking it up, and I'm like, I was looking for, like, a specific one. I was like, why is nobody saying, let's all go to the movies? And yeah. I'm like, I'm even looking at the original animation, and they're, like, you know, like, marching to the lobby and stuff like that. And I'm like, huh, I guess that makes sense if you're, like, if it's an intermission of the movie, you're telling people yeah. to go out, go out and buy some popcorn and some soda and some candy and stuff. So... Um, but yeah, no, I genuine, I generally thought it was, let's all go to the movies. Uh, <laughs> and also by the way, um, there was a, a remake of it, uh, for John Wick. Cause I don't know if you know this, but during the, uh, during the initial, uh, phase of the lockdown, um, John Wick aired on YouTube from streamed for free, like to all these YouTube channels. Uh, and basically you could make a movie night. They made a movie night out of John Wick for all, for the entire internet. Um, oh, that's cool. and there was a, uh, a let's all go to the lobby remake for John Wick called Let's All Go to the Kitchen. So <laughs> uh, I found that during my search for that for, for that audio clip. So uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I, I, I wanted to be that. I wanted to be like, let's all go to the movies because it's the new releases, but that's going to be our sound effect for new releases is let's all go to the lobby. So there you go. So for the, uh, for the new release here, uh, something, it was something that dropped last Friday on, uh, on January 15th. It's called Outside the Wire, and it's on Netflix. So we're going to be talking a lot about Netflix during, during this podcast or throughout the whole year. But Outside the Wire is um, a movie starring Anthony Mac- Mackie and Damson Idris. And it says here in the synopsis, in the near future, a drone pilot sent into a war zone finds himself paired up with a top secret android officer on a mission to stop a nuclear attack. Now, I've seen the trailer back uh, like about a month ago, and I remember that this was looking like fire. So I, for one, am going to watch this movie and we'll talk about it on next week's show. Are you uh, are you hyped for this? Yeah, I'm only hyped because I heard like Anthony Mackie say, and I don't know if I read it in an article, but I remember um, reading an interview where he was like, picture some robo type, I mean, RoboCop type of movie mixed with a little bit of Terminator and like just just genre piece. Just think of a big genre piece. I remember thinking like, wow, damn, that's that's ain't love. That's ain't fire. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so for a movie I never really heard of, I was like, that seemed a little fire. So. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for it a little bit. Yeah, no. By the way, it's just just want to throw this out. Uh, I saw a lot of stories regarding this. Apparently, Anthony Mackie went to like Will Smith's birthday uh, party, and uh, because he was filming, uh, Anthony Mackie was filming this movie while while uh, you know overseas in, in another country, and in that same country, uh, Will Smith was uh, filming that Ang Lee movie, that one that was shot with a high frame rate. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let me look oh, it up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Uh... Dang it! Yeah, the one where it's two Will Smiths. Yeah, two Will Smiths. Yeah. So it's a Gemini that trash Man. movie. Yeah, that <laughs> trash. Gemini Man. Yeah, so they were uh, filming Gemini Man, and he was like invited to Will Smith's party, and apparently it led to like some kind of mishap where Will Smith accidentally punched uh, Anthony Mackie or whatever. So <laughs> I don't know how they, how do you accidentally punch someone, but basically it has something to do with him carrying the birthday cake or something like that or whatever. So that's funny, and also. Um, you know, big shout out to Anthony Mackie here because I honestly, uh, every time, uh, uh, every time I see Anthony Mackie pop up in something, I'm always thinking about, oh, that's Papa Doc. That <laughs> <laughs> Papa Doc, like a clock, <laughs> Yeah, I'll be forgetting that he started off as doing stuff like Papa Doc in in the Eminem movie. That's 
<laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, to Netflix and chill. So Netflix and chill is going to actually now be two segments in one. So number one, we're going to run down the top ten things that are popular on Netflix, but also because it's Netflix and chill, I actually just figured why not just throw in a recommendation as well. So what I'm going to do is run down the top ten and. Troy and I, assuming Troy is ready, but Troy and I will be, uh, we will be recommending one thing every week on a streaming service. So it doesn't have to be Netflix. It can be HBO Max. It can be Hulu. It can be Prime Video. It can be, uh, you know, YouTube Premium. It can be any streaming service. So as long as it's on a streaming service and as long as it's available right now to watch, we'll recommend it. So let's go ahead and run down the top 10 here. So number one is uh, the new release, Outside the Wire. Of course, it's going to be the number one uh, trending thing on Netflix. Number two is Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. Number three, Bridgerton. Number four, L.A.'s Finest. Number five, Lupin. Number six, Henry Danger. Number seven, Disenchantment. Number eight, Cobra Kai. Number nine, Bling, Bling Empire. And number 10, We Can Be Heroes. So just got to say that that Night Stalker, the hunt for the serial killer, I haven't, I don't know anything about it, but it kind of feels like, like not Netflix is really big on like these crime drama documentaries because if ever since like, like making a murderer and stuff like that and all these other shows, they just pop off on Netflix. So uh, Netflix is just putting out more of that content. So um, also I just found out, but number 10, We Can Be Heroes was actually, you know how I told you it was like a, a Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel? It turns yeah. out Robert Rodriguez actually directed We Can Be Heroes. So Oh there. man. What a how low the mighty have fallen or something. I don't know. It feels Man. like it feels like Robert Rodriguez should be doing something more than just kids fair. Yeah. Then, yeah, then bad kids fair, I guess. So, uh yeah, do you have anything to say on these top 10s or or no? Uh, I man, I always I'm gonna keep saying this probably for the longest that Cobra Kai I have to see that like everybody <laughs> keeps talking about that like yeah that's, I know that's one of these that's that's very popular so I'm yeah man it's on my to do list it's on my to do list for sure all right my recommendation yeah. here and this is uh I just want to recommend this to like the listeners and stuff but my recommendation for the week is actually Animaniacs uh they had a Hulu revival recently back in November. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that show because I think that they did a really good job of modernizing the, the Animaniacs while also keeping them classic. Um, it definitely, tonally, it fits perfectly with the 90s run of the series. And um, I think they're really good at the commentary. And also, I, I, I just want to say, like, I the show is really, um, I don't know, it just feels like... It feels like the show is might be made for like my my age group because I used to I grew up on the Animaniacs in the '90s and it feels like the jokes are very like um, I don't know very smart I guess is how I put it like I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give a slight like spoiler to a joke but there was a joke where like a, uh, a brain creates like an android version of himself like a super smart computer version of himself and so he t- uh, uh, Pinky tells a uh, brain to to tell a joke and so uh, so like the robot brain just gets his mic and just starts telling a joke, like a stand-up uh, comic. And he says, uh, so Rene Descartes walks into a bar and um, the bartender asks uh, Descartes, uh, do you want a drink? And then Descartes says, I think not. And then he disappears. And I'm like, that's very, very funny. That was very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. In case you didn't know, Rene Descartes was the guy that said, I think, therefore I am. So if he doesn't think, he is, he is not. So I just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to say that's very, like, you're putting that in a little, in a children's television show, and it's not, you know, I think that there's one of those kind of, there's a lot of writing like that, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely for the adults and stuff, so, uh, I, I, I wholeheartedly recommend that show, I only watched, like, the first half, uh, and, um, I'm gonna watch the second half pretty soon, so, Troy, what's your recommendation? 
Well, my recommendation is so we we could do movies or shows, right? Yeah, anything, these. anything, any one thing on a streaming service. Okay, yeah. Well, so my recommendation is a movie that came out in 2019. It's it's a great movie, and it's The Irishman. I mean, I've talked about this movie in length. And the thing about what I like about The Irishman is that it's so long, you could watch it as a series or a movie if you want to. <laughs> like, you could just pause it and come back to it if you want to. It's like three and a half hours long. And uh, it, it's a gangster film, but it's so much more than that. Like you'll just get caught up in the in the story and the drama and the characters and the it's some action. It's extremely funny. It's real funny. Like so, it, you know, even if you're not into gangster movies, I think like you could have a lot of fun with with what's going on with the story and the plot and the characters and stuff like that. And uh, I watched this with friends that I know that aren't into gangster movies. I watched it with Tony and, you know, different friends and they've enjoyed it themselves. So I'm pretty sure that you don't have to be into I'm not being biased here and you you don't have to be into gangster movies. Me personally, I love gangster movies, so that's why I, I loved it. But it was directed by the great Martin Scorsese, probably the greatest director ever made. So I mean, yeah, well <laughs> the greatest director um doing this. So yeah, so I that that would be my suggestion. It's a somewhat of an older movie, but it's it's still great. Yeah, it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. It actually didn't win a single Oscar from the looks of it. I just Googled it. Yeah, it didn't win a single Oscar, but it got nominated for like 10 of them. That's, yeah. It was crazy. Actually, you're right. It is 10, including Best Act, Supporting Actor uh, for Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, and Best Director and Best Picture and Best Cinematography. Uh, all these nominations, but, you know, hey, it's uh, for some people, it's nice to be nominated. All right, so that, that's a good pick, by the way. The Irishman is on uh, streaming on Netflix, in case you didn't know, for all you listeners out there. But yeah, so we're gonna be trying to like get some deep cuts. Maybe not, maybe not necessarily deep cuts. It can be deep cuts, but just something, uh, just something that we you should just you know check out. So uh, for the last segment here, I want to do. Uh, it's called sharing the love. Now, sharing the love is basically a segment where we talk about one movie that we uh, we grew up with in our past, or we just want to like just gush over and maybe tell a story about you know what it means to you or or whatnot. So, I'm gonna go ahead and just kick things off and start it off with uh, you know one of my very uh, all-time favorite movies of all time is got to be The Lion King, and it's that Disney classic animated movie. Ooh, that's a classic. <laughs> Yeah, man. It was like much later in life when I found out it was basically like Macbeth or whatever. So, um, but yeah, no, man, that movie is, um, it really, it like, that movie never, like, it never um, doesn't make me cry. Like, I just, I cry during that one scene. I don't know if I want to, it's it's like a 20 plus year old movie, but uh, I don't know if I should spoil that one scene, but basically it just hit. Man, that's Lion King, man. Go ahead, talk about it. Man, Mufasa, man. Like, just, he just got, like, did dirty. Just, like, that scene where he's, like, falling in slow motion and, like, oh my God. Like, and then when when Jonathan Taylor Thomas's performance as Simba, where he's, like, just, he's like, Dad, get up. Like, come on. Like, holy man. shit, man. That was some heart. That's some, that, that, that hits hard. And, yeah. uh, like, it's one of those, like, like, uh, and you know, as a child, you know, you just you 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 kind of like sort of have to process death and everything. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. And so and it's funny. It's it's funny that you bring that up because I I just recently seen this video. It's this like speculation type of video on Lion King, and uh, it said like, and I'm gonna send it to you too. It's so cool where they like they okay so you know Simba he dies right. I mean uh, Mufasa M- Mufasa kills. Um, Scar kills Mufasa. 
I mean, Scar kills Mufasa, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was like uh, in the speculation video it was like, well, where's his body? You know, because hyenas they don't they don't eat lions, like right. And there's like a lot of animals they don't eat lions. Like even if they're dead, they don't eat lions. And it was like they never showed like where's his body. And then it showed the only thing they eat lions is other lions. They eat lions. Damn. And then it's a scene where he's in the cave uh, where. Um, Scar is in the cave and he has a a, a bone. He has like a skull. And then if you Google the skull, the design of the skull in the in the movie, it's the same. It's a lion skull. Oh. And so it's like a speculation video saying like Scar, like right after he you know killed him, he found his body and ate him. You know, it was like wow. And then and then he puts uh, Zazu in his rib cage as a like a little jail cell. Yeah, as a little jail cell, and it's like, man, I never thought about that. It literally just blew damn, my mind, man. That is some mind blowing shit right there. I'm damn, I didn't even know about that. Oh my yeah, god, it's crazy. So yeah, man, dude, I have watched that movie so many times. I own it on VHS. Um, I watched it a lot as a kid. Um, I even like uh, like learned like a little like a little lesson and stuff like that. Where like uh, we were watching The Lion King in elementary school, whatever. It was like one of those like substitute teacher days or whatever. And uh, there was a there was the end of the movie where like Scar like talks about the hyenas and he's like, no, it wasn't me. It was them, you know, like that kind of stuff yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and then like the, the teacher was like, you see, that's why you don't talk, uh, talk about other people behind their backs and stuff like that. And then I'm yeah. like, holy shit. He didn't like, and it like, it came back full circle whenever the hyenas like threw his words at him and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I thought we were the bad people and stuff like that. And they yeah. just went and like went on him, uh, went in on him. So uh, I think that that's, it's like one of those movies that really sticks with me and I've internalized a lot of things and stuff and uh, about that movie and just, you know, how Simba, like, you know, I can really truly understand and, and empathize with how, how Simba, like, really believes that a lot of the things are his fault and stuff like that. And that's just some, that's some crazy shit, man. And I think uh, it really holds up. I think the seer, the, the franchise has been did dirty uh, for the most part. Um, not Maybe not entirely, but... Um, I feel like the like the the Lion King one and a half and the Lion King uh, two Simba's Pride kind of sort of you know in my opinion sort of detracts from like that quality heartfelt messages that you know you get from that first movie um, you know like those the Lion King animated series like on Disney or, or XD or whatever the shows when network was it just sort of like veered off in another direction um, the Lion King CGI movie was kind of bad uh, I didn't I want, like it I I mean what's up I did not like the Lion like King yeah. CGI movie at I, all. I was I was like batting for that movie. I wanted to, I wanted to love that movie, and I was disappointed by it. Um, I, but I will say, as a, as a very uh, good like happy ending, I guess. Besides that, is uh, in 2010 the the Lion King got re released in theaters in 3D. So I actually own the Lion King in 3D Blu-ray, and oh my god, it looks so good. They the way they 3D affect everything was so awesome. And watching it, I, I can watch it both in regular Blu-ray as well as 3D Blu-ray, and both of them are, are very good uh, experiences. The 3D Blu-ray is it pops. The regular Blu-ray, the the because of the 3D technology, you lose a little bit of color because of like the the black shade situation. So uh, if you watch it on regular Blu-ray, the colors like pop, man. This wasn't even HDR, wasn't even a thing yet, and it looks like HDR. Like that's how good it's a good vibrant color. So um, I'm really glad I own that game, that movie physically in a good, good uh, uncompressed format in blue as in Blu-ray. So I don't think I uh, I I don't know if it's been re-released in 4K Blu-ray, but um, I probably wouldn't uh, pass up the chance to buy it if it, if I ever see it. So 
yeah, that's my story on uh, The Lion King. Uh, one last yeah, thing I wanted to add is we've done multiple movie nights, including with like Sharon and Victoria and Tony. And I don't know if you were part of it, but we did a movie night recently a couple years back. So it still holds up. Yeah, that um, that's a good pick right there. You can't go wrong with Lion King, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the one I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with one similar. Um, for me, it's the Iron Giant. You know, oh, I up, nice! I grew up with that one, man. That that one, you know, it has a lot of sentimental value to it. You know, I seen that with family members, multiple family members actually that's no longer here, and uh, like you know, I always think about that movie a lot, even if I haven't seen it in a while. You know, I. I, it'll just pop up in my head like oh man iron giant so that's a, it's a good movie about friendship you know and uh and it's it's really like it's the underlining themes of the movie that makes it so good you know it's like you know yes yeah, about friendship but it's about like you know not judging people you know like anyone can be a friend no matter what race uh gender age no matter what you know um you could be friends with someone and, you know, if you don't judge anyone, you can make the best friends in the world. You know what I mean? And uh, just, you know, when I was younger and watching it, I didn't really pay attention to none of them underlining themes. Of it, <laughs> but those are the greater movies that hold up when you could grow up and rewatch it and then realize stuff that you didn't know about it. But, you know, it's still just as good as it was when you were a kid. Like those are the truly special movies and uh speaking of like you know you talk about like crying you know that that the ending of that movie man it it had you you know tearing up a little bit so that's one of those all-time great movie animated animated movies it's for so me. Under, and, underrated uh, man it i think that one had a, a re-release too not too long ago i don't think i caught it but yeah i, I love that one the iron giant is gonna be my pick yeah, man, that's a good pick, man. That's so under under underrated and underappreciated. Underrated, uh, man. Vin Diesel, like he, uh, he, he, people forget that that's Vin Diesel's voice, and he's such a good voice actor yeah. and stuff like that. That's why he's Groot. He's he kills it as a Groot. So, um, yeah, you know that movie definitely does. Uh, and also that's also the Jennifer Aniston as the mom, if I, I believe so. Uh, really, Jennifer Anderson? Jennifer Anderson? Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, uh, Rachel. What? I, I never knew that. Yeah, I believe that's Jennifer Aniston. Uh, let me double wow. check here. Uh, Aniston, Iron Giant. Yep, it's her. That's crazy. I never see you learn stuff every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like that movie definitely does. It deals a lot of like Cold War themes and stuff like that. A lot of like American, uh, you know, propaganda and stuff. Um, it definitely hits hard, and uh, it, it definitely has like even like modern commentary uh, embedded into it. So um metaphors yeah real deep yeah. stuff <laughs> but yeah let's go ahead and uh and it, end it there man it's time to end so thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready play movies remember you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at ready play movies on twitter i'm on twitter at chakalaka 88 and troy is bracy troy 21 so don't forget to subscribe give us a review tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff see you next time thank you